as we dig in. Push the button, stupid. Uh, uh, Joshua chapter 7, as we uh, dig in again. Uh, remember, they've uh, come to that place of uh, defeating Jericho. Uh, Jericho already been given over to their to their lives, and so they've they've taken it. Uh, but of course, whenever there's a victory, we know that the enemy's going to come because he doesn't like victories. Uh, he likes defeats, and uh, uh, a lot of times we, we enter into victory and then forget God in the midst, uh, just like Israel did, and just like we're going to see. So it's certainly a warning for us to keep our hearts uh, ever before him, because uh, we need him all the time says, but the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. Uh, remember the Lord had told them not to touch anything in the city and, and keep it for themselves. It was accursed. Uh, and if they brought it in, it was going to be accursed. He's warned them specifically about it. Uh, but uh, Mr. Aiken decided he wanted it more than he wanted God. Uh, Another lesson for us that, that we <laughs> we want to have God before we have anything else. Uh, but the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achan, whose name means uh, to trouble. <laughs> Certainly did that, didn't he? Uh, the, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, uh, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah. Amazing, out of the tribe of Judah, which name means praise, uh, th this man comes and, and wants to trouble the people of Israel, uh, and, and even not willingly, not uh, not consciously probably, but we're going to see that it was a conscious act that he did. Uh, he even ad admits it, but in the place of coming out of the tribe. So just because we're in church doesn't mean we're immune from these things, and just because we're in church doesn't mean that we're... Uh, uh, never going to fail. Uh, there are going to be those things that, that come, and some things seem to be a little worse than others, but uh, these things, uh, of course, sin uh, against the true and the living God is going to affect more than just himself. So uh, we'll take a lesson from that as we get down to it. But it says that he came and he took the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled, notice, not against Achan, but against the children of Israel. <laughs> it, it just shows that the body of Christ is one body uh, and that our sin affects everybody else around us, whether we think it's going to or not. Uh, uh, if I do it, it's not going to affect anybody else. It's just going to affect me. And how many times have we said that? <laughs> and yet then we realize that it does affect more than just one person. Uh, it affects the whole body. And as we bring it into the body, what we're bringing in is just uh, uncomfortableness. We, we bring in uh, confusion. We bring in so many things uh, that, that our sin just holds on to that we really have to be careful and that we really have to be in that place where uh, we keep ourselves pure uh, before the Lord. Uh, but Achan came, he took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Uh, and this just shows, too, uh, that the Lord tells us to be content in the places that we're in, content with the things that we have. Uh, and Achan wasn't content with what God had given. He wanted more. He wanted something for himself. 
instead of just giving glory to the Lord and, and just bringing a victory to the Lord, he, he wanted some glory for himself. He wanted something of the enemy. He wanted a trophy. He, he wanted uh, just some praise for what he had done. And so he, he takes the accursed thing, uh, and it caused sin to come into the camp. Uh, because there was sin in the camp, God was, was uh, angered against the things that Israel was doing. Uh, and so it says that Joshua sent men from Jericho uh, to Ai, uh, which is beside beth Avon on the east side of Bethel, and spoke against them. And this is the way that the Lord is going to work through them to get their attention, uh, is there, there's going to be another battle, uh, except this time the outcome is going to be so much different. Uh, and one thing you notice right away is that Joshua sends men uh, to Ai uh, to see what's going up, to see what's going on. Remember, he sent spies into Jericho to see what was going on. They found out, they came back. Uh, and so he does kind of the same thing here. He sends men to Ai just to view the country, just to see what's going on. Uh, and they come back uh, that, that we can take this. But one thing's missing. Sometimes, yeah, thing, sometimes things are missing. They didn't pray. <laughs> God didn't tell them, go up to Ai and take it. <clears throat> God didn't tell them, uh, this is your next step in your plan. They didn't even ask him. And so we've got to be careful with those things too, is <clears throat> that Lord, just because I had a victory doesn't mean I know how to do it now. Uh, he patterns himself in the same way he patterned himself with Jericho, but there was no prayer. There was no seeking God. There was no seeking his heart. <clears throat> Excuse me. Enemies at work already. Uh, and, and so he sends men to Jericho, uh, from Jericho to Ai, uh, just to see what was there, uh, go up and view the country, and the men went up and viewed Ai, not understanding that there was anything wrong. Uh, and not only was it Joshua's fault, but it was also the people's fault. Because not one of them said to Joshua, did we pray about this? And it, just because we're in the congregation doesn't mean we can look at the pastor and blame the pastor for everything that's going on in the church. We, we have to take some of the blame ourselves. Have we sought the Lord about it? Uh, have we prayed about it? And the men, the army, didn't pray about it evidently either. Nobody was seeking the Lord. They just, they had the glory. They were basking in the glory. They were satisfied and content with it. And I think that's partially why the Lord was upset with Israel is their hearts were turning just like Achan's was. It's just that Achan was the one that committed the crime. But their hearts were gone because he doesn't look at just the crimes. He, he looks at the root cause of it. And the root cause was that they're forgetting God already. And how sad that is. And, and what, it, yeah, Cindy. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it's always good for us. <laughs> uh, uh, hmm. And so they, they came, verse 3, and they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor therewith, for they are but a few. Uh, and it's just amazing. Because uh, remember the last time before Joshua and the people went into Jericho, Joshua was alone, met with the Lord, and the Lord told him, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. You're staying in a place where, where I'm going to minister to you and I'm going to speak to you. Uh, but this time, instead of listening to God, he's listening to man. He doesn't take the time to get away and seek the Lord. He just seeks men's counsel strange isn't it it tells us in proverbs that that in the multitude of counselors there's safety but the first counsel we should be getting is the lord's counsel not men's counsel not anybody else's counsel but god's counsel god what do you say about this what what would you have us to do and then see if it's confirmed through other men in the body who are godly who are seeking after the things of the lord uh, their counsel is just their own wisdom and their own sight. They're walking by sight. They're not walking by faith. Uh, and in the midst of it, uh, they're seeing that we, we can beat these people. We, we can take this team. It's kind of like Buffalo <laughs> going up a, a, against a high school team, you know. Uh, I think we can take these guys. <laughs> and then find out that they lose to a high school team, which would never be published because... They would never do that. Uh, but, but just the, the same kind of foolishness, that how foolish we can be. God, I, I'm going to seek men's counsel and trust men more than I'm going to seek your counsel and trust you. Oh, Lord, help us. And, and isn't it sad that there's so many churches in America that are listening to more of men's counsel than God's counsel? And we see the churches that are just bending their rules to get, come alongside of men's wisdom and, and take men's wisdom instead of God's wisdom. If they stuck to the word, they wouldn't have that problem. But the trouble is over half, and in some of the denominations, it's up to 75, 80% don't even believe that this is the word of God. So what wisdom are they having? Man's wisdom. And in the midst of man's wisdom, they're suffering defeat. And they're bringing in programs instead of the Word of God. Uh, and keep your heart in that place. Don't, don't go to, to programs. Uh, go to the Word of God. Trust the Word of God. Don't trust the church. Don't trust the pastor. You trust God. And, and let God minister to you. Uh, Joshua was guilty. The, the army was guilty. The people were guilty. Uh, they're all guilty before the Lord. And so it says they returned to Joshua, verse 3, and let not all the people go up, but just a couple thousand. We, we can go up and we can, we can beat these people. Uh, uh, and so there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. <laughs> man's wisdom. Uh, and in man's wisdom, they end up fleeing before the, this little town fleeing in that place that, that they never should have gone to start with. 
Uh, it tells us this in, in Galatians 3, uh, verse 3, uh, is Paul speaks to the church at Galatia because they're having troubles. And, and he said, are you so foolish that having begun in the spirit, you're, you're now made perfect by the flesh? <laughs> and that's exactly what they've done. Isn't, there, isn't it interesting? There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> we're the same in Genesis as we are uh, in Revelation. We're, we're the same. We still need the, the counsel of the Lord. And, and so these men went up. They end up fleeing before the men of Ai. Uh, and it says in verse 5, the men of Ai smote them, about 30 and 6 men. It wasn't a big defeat uh, as armies go. Uh, but what if that was one of your uh, relatives? What if that was your father that was one of those 36? What, would it, what if that was one of your brothers that was one of the 36? It would hurt so deep. Uh, and it should have hurt Israel to the point where they uh, would have sought the Lord and said, we don't understand, Lord. And just to just go before the Lord and get their hearts right. But... Uh, again, their hearts were so uh, already drifting away from the things of God uh, so that they didn't even consider that. They smote of them about 30 and 6 men, for they chased them from before the gates, even unto Shebarim, which means the, the name of the town means the ruins. <laughs> uh, so they're chasing them into the ruins. And they smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted, and they became as water. Isn't it amazing to have one victory, their hearts are all built up and lifted up and strengthened up, and they're all, yes, Lord, whatever you want, Lord, okay, Lord. Uh, and all of a sudden they get defeated, and their hearts melt. They're given over. Their hearts are just like the people of Jericho. Because what did it say about the men of Jericho? Their hearts were melted. They were in fear. <laughs> the same thing. We're all men of like passions. We all have the same emotional stability. And when things are going good, we're strong, we're proud, we're Christians, raw, we can do this. And the minute we get defeated, it's, Lord, how come you don't love me anymore? <laughs> Lord, why have you left me? And we do that, don't we? Instead of trusting the promises of God, trusting the counsel of God, and seeing him for who he really is, we're, we're looking at men and we're realizing we don't have what we thought we had and we just become undone and we just give up. But there's a, a plus in the midst of this because as we see defeat, we realize that we need God. We come back to God. We start worshiping God. We, we come and submit ourselves to him again. And we see that the next time we're more strengthened than we were the last time or hopefully. <laughs> we should be more strengthened than we were the last time. And that's the growth of Christians. That's the growth that we should be having. Is that, Lord, we suffered a defeat, but Lord, we know that you're faithful to forgive us if we come and confess those things. And Lord, we want to come and do those things so that we can be strengthened up for the next battle and stay stronger. Remember in Ephesians where, where he's telling them to put on the armor of God and put on the whole armor? And what does he tell them at the end? And when you've got it all on, stand. Stand. Be able to stand. Yes, Cindy. The verse you're referring to in Ephesians, mm -hmm. uh, this, I don't know, it was a week ago. The line right after that, I've already got you know the upstanding, but the line right after that had just meant so much extra to me, like a 
goblins, you know, or mm -hmm. something. Um, or some, or, and after the battle, you remain standing. Mm -hmm. Keep going. <laughs> and I think that's for the church in today's world because we're in a world that uh, we're in a place in, in America, especially where we're just faltering. Uh, there's nothing stable anywhere in America. Uh, there's nothing stable that's going on. And we just look and we go, Lord, we know there's one place that's stable. Mm -hmm. We know there's one place that's firm and it's on that solid rock of Jesus. So don't build your house on that shifting sand. Build your house, build your worship on that solid rock of Jesus. And uh, just so important for us as it comes and just goes all the way through Scripture. Uh, so uh, Joshua, it says in verse 6, then rent his clothes, a, a sign of mourning, a sign of uh, despair, uh, a sign of trouble. Uh, and he fell to the earth upon his face, before the ark of the Lord. It's good to go there, uh, but sometimes it's not the right place. And we'll see why in a second here. Uh, and he stayed there until the evening and the Lord let him stay there. Hmm. <laughs> okay, Joshua, it's, it's not the right thing that you're doing, but go gravel in the dirt for a bit. And when you're done, I'll speak to you and we'll get going again here. <laughs> uh, Joshua rent his clothes, fell on his uh, face before to the earth. Uh, before the ark until evening and he and the elders of Israel did put dust upon their heads just another sign of mourning and, and of trouble they would throw dirt up in the air and let it fall on them and Joshua said alas O Lord God wherefore hast thou uh, at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us <laughs> would to God that we had be, been content and dwelled on the other side of the Jordan does this remind you of anything? Like the, pe like the people of Israel going, oh, the leeks and the onions. If only we stayed in Egypt, we'd be so much better off now. Their welfare program is so much better than this, Lord. <laughs> really? <laughs> how, dumb, how dumb we become when we don't listen and we don't pay attention and we don't stand on the truth. We stand on lies. Uh, and they're standing on lies right now. And in... Joshua, even in that place, and he needs to grow just as much as anybody else. Just because he's the leader of the country doesn't mean he's got it all together. God does, and that's who we trust. And he said, O Lord, in verse 8, what shall I say when, when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites <laughs> uh, and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and shall environ us around and cut off our name from the earth, what will you do to your great name? <laughs> and the Lord said unto Joshua, Get up. <laughs> I, I love it. God doesn't mince too many words, does he? <laughs> Joshua, what are you doing lying down? It's not time to lie down. It's time to get up. It's time to arise. It's time to get to a right place. Wherefore, have you been thus on your face? He's let him grovel in the dirt all day long. And he find, when Joshua finally addresses him, he says, Okay, Joshua, get up. 
amazing. Sometimes we waste so much time, don't we? Doing things that, that aren't pleasing to the Lord, and yet the Lord is still listening. That, that's one thing that just blesses my heart. He was still listening to Joshua. Joshua, you haven't prayed to me. Joshua, you haven't done this. Joshua, you haven't done that. He doesn't say that. He just says, Joshua, it's time to get up. It's time to arise. Oh, wherefore have you been on your face? Israel has sinned. He said the reason these things are going on is that Israel has sinned and that they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them for they have taken, they have not just taken it, but they've held it. Maybe not with their hands like Achan did, but Israel has looked upon it with lust. All of Israel has sinned, not just Achan. When one of us sin, the whole nation sins. There's certainly individual accountability, but there's also a national accountability. And I think America has sinned so much that now America is under judgment. I, I don't think we're going to recover from this one, at least in God's eyes, and come back to the place that we were. Everybody's waiting for us to get back to the way that we were. <laughs> we're not going there. Uh, so don't count on it. But uh, there's a national sin. There's an individual sin. He will save individuals, but nationally, he can let countries go. And he's not afraid to. He's not even afraid to let Israel go, is he? His chosen people. You'd think if he held on to anybody and kept them secure and safe, it would be Israel. But if when Israel, not if, when Israel sins, <laughs> he just lets them go. He lets a little town defeat him. He lets Babylon come in. He, he lets Assyria come in. He lets the Hitlers get a hold of him because they had turned to idols and gone the wrong direction. He's not afraid to let them go. God's complete in and of himself. He doesn't need Israel. He doesn't need you and I to make him complete. He's complete. He just wants us to come to that place where we're complete in him. And if we're complete in him, then we aren't going to go to those places. But it just shows how much we're not complete in him and how much more we have to go. You know, I thought, I've been saved 40-some years here now. And, and I thought, boy, this is great. After the first five years, Lord, I'm going to be really good. And now I look at myself and I think, I'm worse off now than I was when I first got saved. <laughs> just Because he keeps showing me my heart. Did you see this in your heart? Uh, we were in Mark, the Gospel of Mark last night at church in going through. And it's interesting, when Jesus comes in, after he comes in on, on the cold of the donkey, and remember he's crowned as king over Israel from Zechariah 9.9, 9, and he comes in riding on the cold of an ass, and uh, just riding in, and I'm the king, and Rome is sitting there laughing at him, your king's riding on a donkey? I mean, come on, not even just a donkey, but a little baby donkey that's never been ridden before. This is your king? And he comes in, and it says he went into Jerusalem and he looked in the temple and he looked at all the things in the temple. And to me it was just a picture of when God comes to this temple, because remember in Corinthians it tells us that our bodies are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. When God comes in and looks at my temple, he doesn't just look at one area, he looks at the whole thing. All the things that are there in my temple. And then he went out 
and spent the night and he came back in the next day and overturned the tables. And what does he do in my heart as he comes in and looks at all things and then comes to me the next day and says, this is in your heart, did you know that? God, I never saw it before. He said, but it's there. Have you dealt with it? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, should I overturn a few things in your life so that you can see how, how much of a hold it has on you? Oh, Lord, yeah, I need that because I don't want it there. So Lord, continue to show me and continue to help me with it. <laughs> uh, just just a, amazing stuff that, that goes on in our lives. Israel's transgressed. Uh, that I've commanded them. They've taken hold of this accursed thing uh, and have also stolen and disassembled or submitted to it and, and they have put it even among their own stuff. And he's blaming all of Israel. Even though Achan was the only one that did it, he knew others' hearts were there. They saw the gold. They saw the silver. They saw the pretty clothing. Aren't we amazed by the pretty clothing? Oh, look at the new dresses that Hollywood is putting out in, in their costumes. Isn't it wonderful? No, it's pornography. <laughs> and, and yet, what does most of the church do? I've got to get myself one of those. Really? <laughs> you want to look like that? <laughs> uh, crazy. They've put it among their own stuff. Their own. Look at what God calls it. It's stuff. <laughs> You're taking that stuff to put with your stuff for what? So that when you die, you can give your stuff to your kids and they're going to throw it out because they don't want your stuff. <sighs> it's just so frustrating sometimes. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. And remember that, that verse in Ephesians, the standing. They couldn't stand. They had no strength because they weren't content with God. They couldn't stand. It wasn't just Achan. It was the whole army. Oh. But they turned their backs before their enemies. In other words, they retreated. Instead of going forward, they're retreating. And as you look at the, the, the equipment that he gives out in Ephesians chapter 6, if you notice, there's nothing that protects their back. The only armor they have protects their front, which means what? We need to keep going forward. Because if you retreat, you're unguarded, you're open aim for the enemy, and you're going to get hurt. That's why we need to keep going forward and not retreat. The church has stopped going forward. We're retreating, and it's so sad. We're retreating from the word. We're retreating from the promises of God. We're retreating from, from the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in the churches. We've just given up. It's just, how are we going to stand? Lord, it's only by your strength. It's not in our own. He says, they turned their backs from the enemies because they were accursed. Neither will, will I be with you anymore except you destroy the cursed thing from among you. There's a way of forgiveness. There's a way of hope. If you take those things and destroy those things from holding on to those things and submitting yourselves to those things, I'll come back and I'll be with you again. He doesn't say I'm done with you forever. We do that, don't we? 
Well, I'm not talking to my parents anymore. Did you hear what they said to me this time? I'm not calling them anymore. I'm not listening to them anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done. And we give up. How quick we give up. (laughs) And God says, if you get rid of it, I'll come back and be with you again. And I'll minister to you. How quick the Lord is to forgive. How quick the Lord is to restore. If we just get rid of those things in our lives. Lord, I've been holding on to this, and I don't really need it. I just need you. And I'm blessed financially because I don't have any of that, so I can't even hold on to it. And it's just like, thank you, Lord, because I would be otherwise, (laughs) and I'd be a mess. How can I protect my money, especially in the days that we're in the stock markets going down? I'm losing money right and left. Ah, Lord. And he goes, get rid of it. Or better yet, I won't give it to you. Then you can't. You don't have to worry about getting rid of it. And so he says, get up, sanctify your people. Set your people apart once again. Bring them to that place where they're set apart from the things of the world and back to that place of just being focused on who I am. Oh, how wonderful that is. So sanctify yourselves against tomorrow for thus saith the lord god of israel there's an accursed thing in the midst of thee O israel you cannot stand there's that word again (laughs) how do you wonder how many times we're going to hear it before we finally get up and stand (laughs) Uh, you can't stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you and isn't it amazing that sometimes christians can't stand because there's something accursed that's in front of them that's in front of our relationship with the Lord. Lord, I'm not satisfied with what you've done in my life. And uh, pray, Uh, my poor uh, brother-in-law, he's in the hospital right now, uh, and he's going through some dementia and through some heart trouble and uh, probably not gonna be able to come home. Uh, But he's the one that when Kath and I first started having trouble, he came to us, and, and I don't even know if he was saved. I don't think he really was looking now back at it, but he came to us and said, you need Jesus, you need to get to church, you need to read the word. And all we wanted to do was, was tell him how bad each other was. You know, <laughs> I got this accursed thing with me and it's my husband. You know, get, how do I get rid of this and how do I make him better? And he said, don't worry about that. Don't even talk about it. You just get in the Bible and you just talk to Jesus. And every time we'd bring something up, he'd say, shut up. He wouldn't say shut up, but it was basically it. Just pay attention to what the Lord says. And he was so on fire, it was wonderful. And then just a couple of months later, his son got killed on his graduation night. He went out to meet somebody that was coming to the party, and a drunk driver came by and hit him, knocked him right out of his boots. His boots were still in the road and Todd was gone and he hasn't been the same since I think so Uh, because he hasn't been able to talk about God hasn't been able to deal with it he's been going to church but uh, just a denominational church where there's nothing Uh, and we keep trying to reach him because we don't know how long he's got so if you think of Tom pray for him but take away the accursed thing from you because sometimes we blame gods for stuff that, that's idols in our lives that, that just gets in the way from us being set apart for god 
incomplete in who he is. So it says, In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which, which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families thereof, and the family which the Lord shall uh, take shall come by households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. Notice it's the Lord that's doing it. As, as I bring all of Israel before you, Joshua, I'm going to separate a tribe, and then I'm going to separate a household, and then I'm going to separate a family, and then I'm going to separate the person himself. Mm. You know what's in there? Grace. Because as all of Israel was brought before him, did Achan have a chance to say, I confess before God that I did this? Mm -hmm. Would there have been forgiveness? I think so. But he never did. And sometimes we even in the church say, poor Judas, he repented, Lord. It tells us in scripture that Judas repented. But his repentance was, I'm sorry I got caught. Judas's repentance was not, I'm sorry for what I've done to the Lord. He said, I'm sorry I got caught. And he went out and hung himself because there was no forgiveness, because he didn't ask for forgiveness. He was just sorry he got caught. And it's going to be the same with Achan. Look at the grace that the Lord gives for this man to come and say, I did. And look at the grace he gives you and I to come and repent to him when we enter into sin, when our thought life isn't what it should be, when our actions, when our words cut and hurt instead of building up and, and edifying. He says, I give you a chance to turn and repent. And sometimes we don't. He brings all these other things in front of us so that we have that opportunity to turn. Uh, and yet we don't. So it says then in verse 15, wow, I'm getting long-winded here. We'll never get through. Uh, and it shall be that, that he uh, that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he hath, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. So Joshua rose up early. Isn't it amazing? Uh, it's amazing to me. He knows something harsh is going to happen. And yet he still gets up early to spend time with the Lord. I think Joshua has turned. I think he has repented. He has come to that place of realizing, Lord, I blew this. Uh, and as leader, I, I certainly am uh, guilty of all this stuff. But he comes and he rises up early, even though he knows something is going to happen to somebody in Israel and it's going to hurt. He might even know Achan. He might even have fought alongside of him. He might even ha have uh, known his family and, and seen him grow up. We don't know. But can you imagine his heart grieving for one of his own that's, that's going to have to suffer consequences because of what he's done? You know how sad that is, isn't it? But he still rose up early to take care of things that God wanted taken care of. Just because I love this man doesn't mean I, I can't bring the punishment upon him. And what's America doing now? Oh, don't blame my kid. It's okay for what he's done. He was such a good person. He was? He shot 12 people. How good is he? 
He's a good boy. He just got misguided once in a while. Really? All we're doing is mamby-pambying our kids instead of giving them truth. Ask for forgiveness and come and let God restore and let God bring life. And it's come into the schools. Calvary Rochester is getting ready to open uh, the school again uh, uh, back at Browncroft Boulevard, and they've been going to Penfield school meetings. Uh, and I know some of you live in Penfield or around Penfield. Uh, and they went to one of the board meetings the other day just to see what things were going on in the curriculums and all that stuff. And they had a whole wall, probably uh, the front width of these big windows that are there. And they looked at it, and it was all transgender month. The books that were in the library the things that were available for the kids, the options that they had to change direction from what God had made them. A whole wall. That's what's going on in our schools. What are we doing? We're just giving in to pressure from things that we shouldn't give in to. And our leaders are going to be guilty of it. Pray for them. Yeah, Barb. Mm -hmm. And how they're presenting this to the children. Mm -hmm. And tell them it's okay. You don't it's have to okay. where you were born. You could change your, um, no, that's not okay. No, it's tell not. Tell them okay. from a place of really care. Mm -hmm. And isn't it sad? If they can't kill them in the womb, they'll kill them by giving them options on how to live. Because, because of all this transgender transgender stuff and all the other stuff that they're allowing their kids to get into. The kids are, are leading the families instead of the families leading the kids, uh, which is wrong to start with. Uh, the, the, the suicide rate with the kids in America right now has gone up double digits since COVID started because we're just giving in to them. Oh, my poor kids. They're okay. No, they're not okay. And we're not helping them be okay. We're just letting them do what they want to do instead of being parents and telling them this is what we're going to do. As, as for me and my house, <laughs> we're going to serve the Lord. So that's what goes on here. If you can't do it, then you got to go somewhere else. But I'm not going to be responsible for the direction that your life goes uh, when I have a say in it. And for the church, the church has to say this is the truth of God. We can't go away from it. And for those churches that are, like Barb said, the leaders are going to have some accountability problems once they get before the Lord. Yeah, because Jesus wanted the kids to come to him, and he still does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So pray for those leaders. Pray for them. Uh, mm -hmm. Because they're just hurting so much instead of encouraging and helping. We've gone the wrong direction. Uh, and so sad. I'm getting too political here. Uh, let's get back to the word here. Uh, and uh, it shall be that he's going to be, uh, he that has the cursed thing is going to be burnt with fire, verse 15, he and all that he has. So Joseph rose, or Joshua rose up early in the morning, brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought forth the family of Judah, uh, and he took the family of the Zerahites. And he brought the family of the Zerahites uh, man by man, and Zabdi was taken. 
And he brought his household, man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Isn't it amazing? He had all this time to come and say, I'm guilty, and yet tried to hide his sin. And what does it tell us in Numbers? Be sure your sin will find you out. He might have thought he had hidden it, because what did he do? He buried it in his tent, didn't he? He buried it and then covered it over and put uh, coverings on top of it so that nobody would know. Trouble is, one knows. You can cover your sin as much as you want to, and I may not know, and your family may not know, but God knows. We're going to have to deal with it someday, and it's better to deal with it early than it is late. It's easier to get rid of it in your life now than it's going to be 10 years from now when it's got a stranglehold on your life. And so deal with it quickly. Keep a short list before the Lord. And Joshua said to Achan, My son, look at the grace, look at the love that's there. Joshua's a man after God's heart, a man who loves the Lord. And he says the same things that pretty much Jesus said when Judas came. And Judas came and kissed Jesus. And what did Jesus say? Friend. He doesn't say, you dirty, rotten. He says, friend. Man, I would have smacked him three or four times. <laughs> Let me get my shots in now while I can before they arrest me. <laughs> but, but Jesus, all the way through, friend. Joshua, my son, I love you. And a son speaks of relationship. A son speaks of, of, of a love that's going on in a family. Things being held together by love. And he, he speaks to it in a way that that relationship of God has worked in his heart to just give love out to those that are around him. And he says, my son. Oh, just ripping Joshua's heart apart, but he knew he had to do the right thing. And you and I, know sometimes that we have to do the right things not only with our family but with relatives with friends with co-workers sometimes we have to do the right thing even though we know it's going to cause death it, and it may not be a physical death it may be a separation where it feels like a death and boy but we still have to do the right things and we still have to be faithful to God because it's got to be God first. Because if we go the other direction, then it's people first and God last. And God's not going to stand for that. And, and so we've got to make that choice in our lives. And Joshua makes that choice. He says, give, I pray thee, glory to the God of Israel and make confession to him. <laughs> he says, confess to him and, and tell me now what you have done and hide it not from me. So Joshua was clueless. God already knew Joshua clueless, but he says, bring it to light. And Achan answers Joshua, and he said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. So he knew it to be a sin. And the world sometimes looks at us and says, I don't know what sin is. I don't know. I, I, I'm a good person, so I don't think I've sinned. And yet when they stand before the Lord, they're going to know that they've sinned. 
because the Lord is light and in him there's no darkness at all. And when they stand before pure light, they're gonna confess and say, I knew it was a wrong thing to do. My conscience knew it was a wrong thing to do. And therefore I, I knew I did it and it was wrong. But I wanted to hide it. Did you ever see a kid? In fact, I'll use me. <laughs> I'm going, I, my, my mother took me to the store to go grocery shopping. I grabbed a pack of Lifesavers. <laughs> and I hid it. I didn't go, hey, mom, look at this. I'm going to walk out of the store with this. I knew she would have smacked me. <laughs> and rightfully so. I hid it. She found it. And my poor mom, she took me back to the store, to the store manager, and said, tell him what you did. You know how embarrassing that is? Mom, you tell him. No. <laughs> you tell him because you're the one that did it. <sighs> Refreshing, isn't it? What do you think we do now? What do we do when somebody gives us the wrong change back? Hey, and, and I've heard people do it. In fact, some of my own family has said it to me. They gave me back $20 too much. Hey, I'm $20 richer. And we're proud of it. And yet we know down deep there's something wrong with that. Because I took money that is not mine. Oh. Aiken knew it was wrong. He had a conscience because God puts the, those details in every person. It's in our DNA. We can't get rid of it. We know it's wrong. Yes, Steve? There happened to me one time at Harris. I went to the bank right across the street with my checks. And I cashed it and got back to the office and realized it was 50 bucks more than my check was for. So I took it back over and uh, went to the teller. She got really upset with me. No, no, I didn't give you too, you know, really. And uh, <laughs> came over and we were just having this big exchange. And I explained to him what happened, gave him 50 bucks and left. And the next time I went, well, every time after that I went there, she was never there again. So I don't know oh. because she didn't admit it or because it was uh, something she didn't have a problem with, you know, ongoing or what. Oh, my goodness. We, we can't even admit that we make a mistake, right? Yeah. I thought you were going to say you took Patty out to dinner with it. <laughs> you got points, Steve. You got points. <laughs> uh, so Achan answers Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I've done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly, it wasn't that it was a bad thing. It was a goodly thing. It was something that, that was refreshing. It was something that was cool. Uh, it was a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, and I coveted them. Look at what he says. I coveted. And what's one of the commandments? Thou shalt not covet. <laughs> he knew he had done wrong. He even speaks the words. And if you give people enough time to talk, They'll tell you exactly where they are and what's going on in their life and what's wrong with the situation that they're in. Sometimes it's great to be a listener rather than a talker because as you listen, you know exactly where they're coming from and you know exactly what's wrong in their life. I coveted. 
That's why I took it. Wow. <laughs> and I took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent in the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran into the tent. Behold, it was hid in his tent and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of his tent and brought them into Joshua and said to all the children of Israel, uh, or and unto all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all of Israel took him, took Achan the son of Zerah and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses, his sheep, his tent. He had a lot. <laughs> and yet I got to have just one more thing. I got to have one more thing. And they brought them to the valley of Achor. They brought them to this place. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? Uh, Achan, your name means to trouble and you have troubled us. The Lord shall trouble you this day. What you, what you give is what you're going to receive. What you sow is what you're going to reap. Isn't it amazing? Even in this, uh, what we sow is what we reap. And all of Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire after they stoned him with stones. We think our sin is just going to affect us. It affects our family. It affects our tribe. It affects our church body. It's affecting our neighbors. It's affecting all the stuff that we have, and it's all just going to burn. So sad. Uh, but, but the Lord uh, does something wonderful. Let me, let's finish up here, and then we'll go to Isaiah for a second. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day, so the Lord turned from the, the, the fierceness of his anger uh, because there was confession, because there was repentance, because there was a dealing with sin. Then his anger was turned, wherefore the name of that place uh, was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. Uh, and it tells us this in Isaiah 65. You can turn there and we'll, we'll finish up there. Uh, so many other places to go in so little time. Uh, Isaiah 65. Uh, uh, is the Lord ministering... Uh, uh, to the remnant uh, of Israel, because remember all of Isaiah is about all that's going to happen, and, and yet there's still going to be a remnant, there's still going to be a people, uh, and that's what we can hope for, even though all of America is faltering, there's still going to be a remnant of Christianity in the midst, uh, and you and I are that remnant, and that's why I think the encouragement is to stand strong, to be strong and very courageous in the days that we're in, to stand in the truth of God's word and not to falter from it. Because as we do, it not only hurts us, but it hurts our witness to the world, and it hurts our families and those that are around us. Uh, God says in verse 1, I, I am sought of them that asked not for me. I am found of them that sought me not, and said, Behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people which walks away uh, in a way that was not good after their own thoughts, a people that provoked me to anger continually to my face. That <laughs> sounds like America, doesn't it? Uh, that sacrificeth in gardens and burns incense upon altars of brick, uh, which remain among the graves and lodge in the monuments, which eat swine's flesh and the broth of abominable things in their vessels. 
which which say, stand by thyself, come not near unto me, for I am holier than thou. Uh, they are a smoke uh, in my nose and a fire that burns all the day. Behold, it is written before me, I will not keep silence, but I will recompense even recompense to your bosom your iniquities and the, the iniquities of your fathers together, saith the Lord, which has burned incense upon the mountains and blasphemy upon the hills. Therefore will I measure their former work into their bosom. <laughs> we, we, we reap what we sow. Thus saith the Lord in verse 8, As a new wine is found in the clusters, and one saith, Destroy it not, for a blessing is in it. So will I will do for my servant's sake, that I may not destroy them all. If, if there's one in the cluster that's good, he says, Destroy it not. Aren't you thankful <laughs> that God hasn't destroyed us for America's sake? Uh, I'm thankful. There's grace, there's mercy, there's love in the midst of it. And he says in verse 9, And I will bring forth a seed out of Jacob and out of Judah. Out of Judah. Here's the tribe of Judah uh, where Achan came out of. Uh, and it was that place of cursing for Achan in the tribe of Judah. And yet God is going to bring out of Judah praise unto his mountains, unto his holy mountains. And mine elect shall inherit it, and my servant shall dwell there. Even though there was sin there, I'm going to redeem it, and I'm going to bring glory to myself in the midst of it. And there's hope. If there's confession, if there's repentance, there's hope. And that, that's for the church. Certainly for the people who aren't saved, but, but certainly for the church too, that if we confess with our mouth, there's going to be forgiveness. There's going to be hope. And he says this in verse 10. Uh, in Sharon shall be a fold of the flocks in the valley of Achor. Here's the valley of Achor that he had said was a curse. He says this. Uh, a place for herds to lie down and for my people that have sought me. There's going to be a seeking in, in another day. For those that want me. Even where there was destruction. Even where... There, there was unforgiveness, even where there was hiding, even where there was no confession, there's going to come a time where there's going to be that in that place. As the God redeems those things which were once forsaken, he's going to redeem those things, and he's going to bring wholeness to it. And aren't you thankful? As you, you look at, at Scripture and you see when Jesus comes back to planet Earth and steps down in Jerusalem and splits the mountain in half and the waters start flowing and, and things are restored is to, to the way that they were, that there's going to be, be redemption for those places where there's bars now, where there's strip clubs, where, where there's uh, pornography, where there's uh, drugs being dealt. He's going to redeem those things and make them right once again. And aren't you thankful we know a God who can do that? Because if he couldn't do that with these places, what, what couldn't he do then with our lives? If he couldn't redeem them, he was, wouldn't be able to redeem us. But we have a God that can. And yet so many are worshiping gods that can't redeem anything. They can just destroy. But we have a God that can redeem and I'm thankful you're redeemed. <laughs> I'm thankful I'm redeemed. I'm thankful he didn't come back the day before I got saved. Because <laughs> there'd be a worm chewing on my body right now and I wouldn't like it. <laughs> and, and the fire wouldn't be quenched. But I'm thankful he's redeemed us. 
so stay steady with the Lord. No matter what the rest of the world is doing, stay strong in who Jesus is because he loves you. And, and he wants the best for you. And the best is to walk with him. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the examples in it. Uh, Lord, sometimes those examples are hard and they're harsh and, and we see them. And, and because of our emotions, because of the natural man working in us, we almost feel sorry. And yet, Lord, uh, we, we can't feel sorry for sin. We know it's of the enemy. We know it's there for destruction. We know it's there for hurt. And yet sometimes we allow it. But, Lord, you never do. And we're thankful for that, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're not going to forgive it. And Lord, teach us how to have forgiveness when there should be forgiveness and how not to feel sorry when sin is running rampant. But instead, to, to let uh, our hearts be in that place where we're with you and not with the things of our emotions. Help our emotions not to get in the way of truth, Lord. Uh, so help us to stand strong as we read. May we not read it with emotion, but read it in truth by your spirit. So have your way with us, Lord. We need you so much, especially in the days that we're in. And we'll give you thanks for it in Jesus' name and because of him and for his glory. Amen.